0: Alright, alright, quieten and now, Live from the Britain Yankee Pub Studios. Another Britain Yankee Craft Beer pub cast. I can hear the pints being pulled right now.
1: Jack, 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 jack. Bum, Take it away, lad. You are paying for that beer, aren't you? Pump up the bitter. Pump up the bitter. Hello, everybody, welcome to yet another Britain Yankee craft beer podcast. It's a vacation podcast. I am in the middle of Arizona in a place called Camp Verde. We're out here on vacation, staying close to Sedona. Camp Verde is about 30 35 minutes south of Sedona on the main interstate 17. Yes. Okay. Mm. And that man, who's agreed with my map reading uh, capabilities, is the guy who we are visiting today and I'm very happy to say that we are at the Verdi Brewing Company, which is in Camp Verde, and with me is owner, head brewer, an all-around dog's body around this place.
0: Great Yank. <laughs> Great all-around
1: Yank. The, there you go. He is the Yankee today, Alex Goating. It's okay, no, no. Yeah, let's go ahead. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I got to go fill a growler. Go and fill a growler. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. So Alex had to go off and fill a growler. We'll be back in just a second. we're back. Um, Alex had to go fill a growler. Um, it's interesting because we're doing this around about midday here. Uh, the Verdi Brewing Company opens at 11 a.m. on a Friday and I thought there wasn't going to be anybody here at that time. I come in and there's two people out on the patio but the person who did the filling I'm going to introduce him again properly. Brewer, owner and as I said general dog's body <laughs> is Alex Getting. Hello and uh he is uh the man behind this operation which i have to say is one of those places that is the it's kind of like the friendly environment it's it's a great local brewery and tell us a little bit about how long you've been here you've been here for like what four years right which is we've been in in longer than i thought you might be yeah we've been in
0: this location about four almost five years now uh we started in a smaller location that was like 600 square feet where we originally did our Kickstarter um, where we got our mash ton and two wine fermenters and within like two year a year and a half of that we moved down here and got four barrel fermenters and have been slowly um, progressing from there so yeah we're in a warehouse now uh, where we can make lots of messes and uh, put in a floor drain and yeah just kind of keep keep brewing and keep cleaning and
1: yeah and when i when yeah. i first came here we came here yesterday to to find out if you know the brewer was around and we came and had some samples of your beers um, and i said wow what this place used to be because you have two big garage doors that go up and one of them is great because it goes out to the patio and lets the breeze in but let me describe a little bit where we are. So if, if you know anything about the Arizona environment, you've got Sedona, which has lovely red rocks. You've got some green uh, trees around the area, but a lot of it is what we might call from the Chicago suburbs, a bloody desert.
0: Yeah, so- <laughs> yeah we like to joke we're in the middle of everywhere and nowhere around yeah. <laughs> here. So pretty much everything is like an hour drive, um, but we're right by the water. There's several creeks within a 10-minute drive up here so
1: and we're staying by one yeah. beaver creek beaver creek and, and you've got Verde creek which well, is it's the you. birdie
0: river oh which it's a is, river uh, what's that, the difference
1: between a creek and a river
0: uh bigger right uh, yeah the bigger yeah, okay. and then uh the birdie goes all the way down to phoenix ah. um and then kind of goes from there um but yeah it's a beautiful free-flowing river and the creeks are all gorgeous crystal clear water that you can swim in uh, most times of the year and then we just provide a happy little watering hole um, fermented watering hole um, for all you adventurers and and locals so uh, like um, we're in a warehouse so we got like diesel repair next door we got FedEx next door so we service all those guys Um, and then yeah anyone who's kind of coming off the interstate um, enjoying Sedona and Flagstaff and
1: and it's interesting because a lot of the breweries in the area of or outside of the Chicago land, Chicago itself, are in industrial areas, where the square footage is a little bit cheaper. And you basically are in the same situation here. You drive down a road that you think, well, what the heck's going on here? This is all like, you know, warehouses and everything. And then there's the sign, Verde, and you come around the back, and there's this lovely little area with the sunshades over it. A foosball yeah. table, yeah, I foosball, saw. It. Yeah.
0: yeah, we weed out the riffraff. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, if you love beer, you'll love this place. Um, I mean, we got some great food as well. Um, so it, it really is like a fan friendly family environment um, with some great beer and yeah, lots of interesting people coming through. And
1: so tell us tell us a story of how you got into brewing and then I think you ran a restaurant or something, but now <laughs> you're here. So give us. Yeah. Encapsulate your life history out. Sure. Alex. He's uh, a young guy, by the way. He's gonna
0: fast forward to college and <laughs> drinking lots of beer. And my brother, who's 15 months older than me, um, we were roommating and he brewed beer first. And I kind of just like watched and hung out. But anything he can do, I can do better. Woo! So, Siblings, so yeah. So then I started brewing some beer and I was a history major. Um, wasn't really interested in becoming a teacher or museum person so uh, really got interested in reading the books next to what I was studying which were brewing books and just kind of went from there. Um,
1: so your brother didn't come in no, with he your became,
0: brewing acumen? He became a river guide uh, so he actually does river guiding on the Grand Canyon Ooh. and I sent down some cans with him to test out so yeah we do it we, we're he's got his gig I got mine and it works out really well um, but then yeah after college graduated from U of A and just always loved the Verde valley and kind of felt like that moab scene of like great place to just like base camp and then go out and adventure um so lived here Uh, my parents ran a restaurant i worked with them and that's where i launched a kickstarter and turned out a brewery while working at my parents restaurant sold beer there Um, but then ultimately i just moved down here started my own kind of brewery restaurant um, and then they kind of decided they didn't want to be in the restaurant business. So I learned a lot from them and, but it was really like learn to do food and just enough food that sells some more beer. Um, And so that's what our food is now is just like, you know, keeps the kid happy, allows dad to drink beer or mom and um, yeah, have a second one or a third one without, you know, really being too intoxicated. And then we added, uh, we've always done growlers, but over the pandemic, we added cans to really help facilitate our to go options.
1: And um, I have to say that uh, you're absolutely right. The The food you have is a is a very pub menu type of thing, you know, brew pub type of thing, but it's excellent. Your, your yeah, pool yeah. port sandwich was great. And uh, my wife had your roast beef sandwich with a, a bourbon stout au jus, right? Yes, and correct. that was it. And she doesn't drink and she loved it. Yeah. So that's uh, kudos to you. So you 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 started this up in... What can only be described as a large. I thought it was a garage to start with. Yeah, it's a with. garage. Yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah. and you put you. Uh, so what? Tell us about your equipment. Uh, uh, the brewing equipment.
0: Yeah. So we're. <laughs> well, we started. We're still using our Kickstarter mash, uh, ton. Uh, basically, it's a two barrel. Uh, we kind of like modded to a four four barrel. Um, So we're a four-barrel brew house, Um, we've got four four four-barrel fermenters, uh, sorry, four four four-barrel fermenters, (laughs) so I'm just looking at the equipment.
1: Yeah, he's turning away from the mic, I'm working remote here. I promise
0: I work here, (laughs) I'm not just some guy. Uh, And then we got three three bright tanks, Um, we just sell everything right here, Um, we're expanding currently, we're waiting for some new eight-barrel fermenters to come in um so yeah we really hope that will help us with the canning and just staying ahead um but yeah everything is sold here with some food and uh
1: and, and you mentioned that it was a kickstarter and i think that's your motto mantra whatever on the bottom it's beer for life well how did tell us about that
0: um, yeah we like when we did the kickstarter we wanted to use local ingredients and uh kind of learn the the boundaries of how far you can go with that, so honey is one of those great ones that it's fermentable, you can get it all year round, there's different varieties of that, we like to use that in our beer, but the beer for life is that the people that are drinking it, making it, are the most important ingredient ultimately, and so we try to brew beer for ourselves, for the customer, for what
1: their lives are like, and so just to be like a great kind of place to live. And I think I'm right in saying, as I read your menu right, that there's there's two options there. If you want beer for life, you can donate to the fund $1,000 and you get one beer a day. One or? beer a
0: day for the rest of your life. There you go.
1: Yep. So I, I, it's not it's not a price performer for me. I don't have many years to go. But if you're 20 years old, come out here. You know, it's fantastic. I
0: think it's 140 days. You know? Oh, there you go. Yeah,
1: so. <laughs> And then the other one, the other option is um, the beer brick, the brewery brick. Yeah, and you get your get your
0: name on the on the. We've got uh, bricks on the in the warehouse, and you get your name up there. We started with eighty six was what we did through our Kickstarter, and we're up to like two hundred fifty or so. Um, And now we've got like twenty five beer for life members, and uh, yeah, it's a great little community gathering hole.
1: Yeah. Um, So, on the Brit and Yankee Craft Beer Podcast, we always sample the beers. And for those of you who've been listening for a while, you'll know that Uncle Phil doesn't like hazes, mm-hmm. but I am drinking a hazy. Now I'm drinking, you've got two on tap at the moment. Mm-hmm. You've got a spring and a winter. I'm drinking the winter. So I like this one quite a bit. <laughs> Ken, my, my co-host, Ken back home, he's gonna say, what the heck, you're drinking a hazy? Yeah. Um, so tell us about this hazy and you're drinking the spring. So, so tell us about little, the comparison. Yeah. So.
0: Um, I both they both have the same yeast in them so 4 us so 4 um, and then we've really played with the water samples uh, the spring has a little more um, calcium chloride um, so it's a little little softer a little more rounder um, and then the, the winter haze has the comet hops uh, mosaic and uh, citra uh, and then the spring has uh, mosaic and citrus as well.
1: Yeah th- mine has definitely got a citrus profile but it's not like orange juice which is what I really hate because sure. I, if I want orange juice I want orange juice but I want to be able to taste some sort of a beer profile in there and this is very nicely balanced. And I, I just messed up that, but
0: the winter one has oh, mosaic, out, mosaic and comet, sorry. So that's what oh. it gives it a little more of like, a, a little more pungent-y, a little yeah. more bite to it. Um, that comet really has a little more of like that kind of grapefruity bitterness to it, okay. I feel like. And then this one is just, I didn't put any bittering hops into the spring. Um, it's just all late additions of the And it's Syndra. a little lighter
1: in color too. A little year. lighter yeah. in color, yeah. a little
0: higher in ABV as well um and then yeah the spring is about six percent and the winter is about five percent
1: okay um, both um, nice full-body beers your beers on tap and we'll talk we'll talk about how maybe you've got through the last year just in a second but your beers on tap very much are sessionable as we like to say pintable um you have a belgian blonde you've got a blonde ale um, you ran out of the lager, which <laughs> yeah. must mean it's a yeah, popular they're, they're beer.
0: Good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, You have a golden ale um, and then you've got one which is at the other extreme which is a bourbon stout but not a real barrel aged bourbon stout. It's just got notes of it. So what is, first of all, first question is what's your most popular beer here? What's the big seller? And then How do you change up your beers and how does your clientele respond to that? Sure. So yeah,
0: the Bourbon Stout uh, is definitely one of our most popular beers. Um, We add the... I I try to make every beer of ours have a personality but also be balanced as well so nothing dominates. There's multiple levels of flavors that are going on. Um, So Bourbon stout's one of our most popular ones. The Wildflower IPA also a really popular one. I like has, that one a
1: lot, by the way. Yeah, yeah me cool. too. Yeah.
0: Um, that one has wildflower honey into it. So a little sweetness um, that which mainly comes from honey malt that we put in just a little bit to oh. give it some sweetness and a little body. And so it's 7%, but it has like a little grapefruitiness, a little sweetness to balance that out. Um, the Gold Buckle Blonde is also really popular. That's that really easy to drink lawnmower, four and a half percent beer
1: um, and by and, the way folks if you're out mowing your lawn then you're in the wrong part of the country because yeah. you'd be digging rocks up here
0: <laughs> it, it's hiking beer it's a hiking there beer. you, you go. know it keeps you <laughs> hydrated and you got your carbs in there uh, yeah. some vegetable so yeah you're all good to go after a long hike with that one but i think it, uh, a lot of our beer flavors come from the fact that we were a kickstarter we've brewed almost 700 batches of beer off our uh, basically two barrel system, so we give it to the customers, see what they like, see if we like it, tweak it here and there, and then kind of scale the recipe from there and go to a four barrel fermenter and then then an eight barrel. Yeah, so the
1: sky's the limit. The temperatures out here have been extreme over the past couple of weeks. What is the average temperature here in the summer?
0: Oh, uh, like gonna... like a hundred. Oh, it is. It is a yeah, hundred. Yeah. This okay. is, and now that it's rained off a little bit, you know, it's
1: it's really nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pleasant. Yeah, but so so the beers kind of reflect that a little bit, and then in winter is it different?
0: Uh, it's kind of like hard to say with the pandemic and everything. Like like the loggers, like I really enjoy a logger Belgians. Um, they just take a little longer to go, so we'll do those during our slower times. So the summer and winter and then kind of put those out during october and march when we're really busy Um, but like the gold buckle um, we put a gold buckle blonde we put a little corn into it that's that local kind of flavor we grow a lot of corn around this area and then the honey is like that local flavor that we add as well
1: um i (laughs) i you said it's a nice community place here do you get a lot of tourists coming in as well
0: yeah, we're about like 50% tourist, 50% okay. local, so it's always like a fun kind of atmosphere of who you'll see. And
1: but obviously in the winter, does the tourism go, well, not obviously, but does it go up? It's, it would seem to be that people want to come here when yeah. it's beautiful weather and it's crap and cold I mean, elsewhere. <laughs> it's
0: all types. I mean, we'll get people from Chicago and like, you know, spring training is here. And oh, that's right. So yeah. they'll, they'll come in and do the Phoenix thing and drive up and, you know, we're only an hour north of Phoenix, hour yeah. and a half, depending on yeah. where you are, so you can do Sedona, get a beer, and then make it to the baseball game, um, so we get, I mean, international, you know, with the pandemic, we'll get international people here, a lot of people from Phoenix, so we're like this great crossroads of, of you know, America and the world, <laughs> but yeah, as soon as it's 8 o'clock, sun goes down, it's, yeah, you know. It gets real
1: dark. I would say, as we're recording this, it's the day after the Cubs did a no-hitter. So, go Cubs. Go Cubs. (laughs) Go Cubs. Although, I'm not a baseball guy, but I saw it on the TV. So, there we go. (laughs) So, um, let's, let's go back a little bit to last year. And, obviously, the pandemic hit a lot of breweries real hard. And uh, I want to give a shout out right now to Skeleton Key Brewing in Woodridge because unfortunately they were one of the victims of the uh, tornado that ripped through that area and got rid of 16 houses and ripped the roof off the brewery. Um, And incidentally, the brewing industry has responded fantastically with everybody uh, contributing to help them. I think they've raised nearly $100,000 to repair their place, so good job, uh, Paul and Emily. Anyway here um i don't know what it was like here but can you tell us can you take us through that journey
0: yeah um i mean we've we've been in business like i said for six years so when the pandemic happened it was not in our business plan and we decided as things were getting a little more serious to just close down and we ended up closing down for six months uh it was definitely a I don't say it was a hard decision because it was just taking care of our health and our employees health and I mean we're fortunate enough to live in a country that provided us some opportunity to do that um, but then we also just stayed really busy at the brewery ourselves getting the canning machine up and running um, we added some more fermentation capacity um, and yeah just the business environment was not conducive to, to success so why fight that um, yeah. you know and then so when we opened up, things were better than ever. So that's kind of, you know, everyone's healthy. We didn't have one COVID case in our business. And I'm very thankful for that. And I feel like we're brewing better beer than ever. Um, so it's it was it was tough, but it was like we had a lot of great help to kind of like
1: okay. people so, were very understanding. So you you kept going in the background. Yourself yeah, exactly. And, and perfecting your styles and so on. So. And, and yeah. we would,
0: you know, staff would come in and check out and we would, yeah. you know, but it was, you know, like I said, like where, where we're at, it's, it's not conducive but, to, to great business.
1: Yeah, right, right. I can see that. So you, you managed to fight your way through it. Um, you mentioned actually about canning because a lot of brewers started canning. You have a wild goose canner. Yep. Which is the first, I, I have seen these smaller ones. It's not manual completely. But it's like a real mini sure. canning line. Yeah. I was gonna ask whether you have mobile canners out here.
0: Uh, we do have mobile canning. It was something that we looked at but again it was like the consistency and the availability. Um, yeah it was just and the pandemic was like all right well this is our once in a yeah. lifetime opportunity. So
1: so tell uh, us about this little thing which I'll, I'll put a picture of it up on the website. Um, tell us a bit about this this thing
0: yeah I would say it's <laughs> semi-automated I mean it would probably fit on most workbenches. yeah uh, it's a tiny little thing but uh, once the can is on the conveyor belt basically it's fully automatic um, there's a bed of co2 that goes down um, timing mechanism that allows us to get a perfect pour into each can um, bed of co2 goes down before the lid um, goes on it so we get great shelf life on all our, our beer cans and two people can do about 600 cans in about four hours um, and so yeah we're, we're really happy with it um, it's really made us a better brewery better brewing um, so yeah I recommend it to anybody out there um, looking to get into the canning game
1: um, oh, yeah so I'm gonna ask you a money question how much does this because I know canning lines can be very expensive how much does something like this one
0: up uh, around like thirty thousand okay yeah
1: so but the payback is quite a few years yeah but, but, but it's worth it in the end and you're saving so much floor space for us yeah. so
0: um, we're, we got shelving for our can so we're going vertical with our canning right now um, just to save space so there's yeah space is critical the next size up would have taken up a considerable amount of floor space so we're happy with this thing it, yeah it's a little more uh, hands-on than some of the other ones but for our size it's a great little yeah. thing that we're able to stock the the coolers up front and people are able to touch
1: the can, put in their, their uh, refrigerator at home and it's great marketing. I did that uh, yesterday, folks. Yeah. Oh wow, it worked! It <laughs>
0: worked. I took a
1: four pack of wildflower because uh, that's a jolly decent beer. Yeah. It's a real IPA with a little sweetness in it and then a bite at the end, yeah. which is what I like. So, um, you've got the canning line in there, you also do growlers, right? Mm-hmm. So you growlers and howlers, yep. I think. Uh, what about distribution? Are you, I don't know what the laws are like in Arizona for distribution, but they're kind of wacky. And Illinois, although they have they have helped people, the pandemic has helped some of the brew pubs to change a little bit, and they've actually brought in just a law that allows brew pubs to I think to distribute within 25 miles oh, of their. Wow. Okay, interesting. So what uh, what do you got here? What's what's going Arizona, on in Arizona?
0: Arizona is a pretty friendly beer law. Yeah. Um, state. We pretty much looked at Oregon and Washington and copied and pasted a lot of their laws. Um, so yeah, there's been significant growth in the Arizona beer community. So anyone out in the U.S. come and visit. We've got great beers out here. Um, so we can we can self distribute. I think I think like up to a hundred thousand barrels. Like don't quote me, but it is like something like some stupid numbers so that you don't within, have to think within
1: about. within your number. <laughs> yeah, within our
0: range. Yeah. So it's like a number that yeah. we don't have to think about until you're like, yeah, yeah. got a bunch of other problems, I yeah. think. so.
1: <laughs> so and, yeah, do,
0: and do you distribute? We don't. We're just so, uh, I mean, it's like 15 miles to the next bar, basically, to distribute. So uh, it's not we hope you know our beer speaks for itself and people are willing to come to us and then yeah. pick up the cans um, we do some weddings we and do some kegs and cans for that um, which has been you know with the pandemic a little interesting but so yeah friends and family yeah. we can do kegs for but again we're just we do enough business in-house um, but yeah it's hopefully as we grow um, start to distribute but again like you visit like there's not a lot, a lot around us to distribute to, so yeah. we hope that you distribute it to wherever your you know, fun place you're going to, yeah. you know, to your house or camping and, yeah. and whatnot.
1: But, well, you know, to a certain extent, that makes you so much more local and, you know, you, you come here and go, yeah, I love that. You know, Verde Brewing Company, Wildflower IPA, I always gonna come and get something when I'm in the area. You know, yeah. it's,
0: it's really good. I think, like, the people, like I said, are our most important ingredient because they're out doing something fun around here and then they're thirsty and yeah. we just happen to give them a, a good beer, which makes it great because they're having a great time and yeah. giving great service and a great product and it just kind of, uh,
1: Bounces one plus one there. equals three. Yeah. So what, um, I, I noticed when I came in, there was a Arizona Brewers Guild sign up. Um, How many breweries in Arizona are members of this because, I mean let's face it, you've got some pretty remote locations. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, the town of Payson is a little bit down the road there and I don't think they have a brewery. Uh,
0: I can't Uh, remember, they might. Shoot. But there's one on the way to it. Oh know, yeah. a, okay there's that brewery, I think. Oh that that brewery. That brewery. Yeah, we're yeah. not
1: saying it's that brewery. It's called that brewery, folks. T-H-A-T. Okay. Yeah. They're so like you know all these strong, local guys. Yeah. yeah. But again, it's
0: like it's a forty five minute drive to like the next brewery. Yeah, it's like <laughs> one of these things. Like, yeah, we have I mean, yeah, Arizona's a big state you we know, yeah. where like the whole east coast just fit into like yeah into one but
1: so what uh, um, do you have um competitions that are put on by the guild
0: yeah the build the guild does uh put on festivals Everything has pretty much been put on hiatus since uh yeah the pandemic the big one that they do is the strong beer festival which i recommend everyone come out to it's in february in phoenix so like okay. the perfect time to be in phoenix um it's mainly aimed to be you know put your Best strong high alcohol beer out there, but what,
1: how, what's the lower limit?
0: Oh, I I bring one high alcohol beer and then I bring like a low alcohol beer because it is like you can. There was one time it was just a little too hot, so okay, yeah. So yeah. you you know people need to pace themselves and you know yeah. you have too many high alcohol beers. So I like to bring high and low, but yeah, fourteen percent beers to oh, wow. you know,
1: yeah. So in. Have you heard of FOBAD, Festival of Barrel-Aged Beers? No. It's put on every... year. My God! Okay, we're, d- we're going to educate him here. So you don't have a barrel aging program, you're, you're doing it very much the way that a lot of brewers do, small brewers do. They add the oak chips, we were talking about that earlier, you soak those in bourbon, and it, in my opinion, it gives it a great bourbon backbone, but balanced with the malt of the you know, roasty malt of the stout, allows yeah, yeah. you to taste the stout. So Fobab is uh, every November, although we, we don't know when it's going to be this year. I think maybe February. Um, are you interested in doing barrel-aged beers? Any? I I, I would know, be. Yeah, just. I know you yeah. have limited storage for that, but. It would seem to me that if you had two or three barrels and then you know just created something fantastic for your locals that would be incredible
0: yeah no definitely interested into it yeah just finding the the space and the time yeah Yeah. i mean we have like yeah we have recipes we want to do and we just haven't had time because we're brewing brewing the stuff that that is selling and yeah so yeah trying to keep up with with our capacity system so
1: so things are going well for you what do you think is going to happen in the future here uh
0: for us or for the yeah the no beer? for you i mean
1: you're going to grow is it a lot of breweries will have locations next to them that as soon as their lease is up they'll break through and they expand sure. into that or they move into bigger locations
0: yeah uh grow, growing is always the my the, the name of the game my dad's my grandpa was a farmer, and it's like if you're not growing, you're dying. And uh, so, yeah, we're we're trying to grow and grow sustainably, and, and you know take some vacation time and try out other beers and see how we want to grow. But yeah, we're adding a fermentation capacity and looking to how how we can get this place a little more efficient. Uh, yeah, looking at other locations to maybe expand uh, in the next couple of years. So yeah, definitely looking to grow. We're we're coming out of this pandemic better than ever. Uh, thankfully and yeah just super excited about, about what's going on
1: that's good well I'm glad that you have a, a fantastic positive approach to things I would if anybody's out in the Sedona area I would definitely recommend uh, visiting the local brewers but you've definitely got to come to birdie because it's just you know one of the places that you go a great place to go drinking beer well,
0: thank you <laughs> and Pleasure if you're you.
1: out if you if you want the outside they have an outside couple with sunshades, so you're not gonna burn um, If you want the inside, the food is fantastic. You know, I would recommend the barbecue pulled pork. uh, What was it? Barbecue pork, yeah. Is it pulled? I don't know. Uh, It it? is pork, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) It's pulled pork, yeah. I recommend that. That's a good one. So I'm going to, at the end of our shows, we always raise our glasses and have a cheer. Unfortunately, Alex is uh, working at the moment. Uh, He was uh, putting some beer into a fermenter when I came in. Uh, or a bright tank. We'll bright, tank. A bright tank. Sorry. Um, Big old vessel. And he's finished his beer, but he only had a small one. So yeah. we'll, we'll have a clang here, yeah, and clang it's uh, and, uh, cheers. cheers. Thanks man. a lot, man. Yes, appreciate Thank it. You. Come out here, folks. Verde Brewing Company, Camp Verde, Arizona. It's a good one. Cheers. Thank cheers, you. Alex. Thanks a lot.
0: Appreciate it. Brit Yankee.
1: I'll have a pint, no, go, give us a pint, you got any techniques? A uh, oh pint please, barbie, give another the pint, please, barbie.